the first in a united competition since 2019. We'll also be speaking to our COO, Jared Johnson, talking all things leadership and some breaking news for fans and members about upcoming game attendances. It's been a big week in rugby league, Bush. How'd you see it? Well, Silky, what a week to be a rooster. What an intro. Great to swap sides. I tell you what, you bring us in beautifully. And I tell you what was another highlight through the week, mate. Social media put out one of the great posts. There was a young man who had dreams of running out for the roosters, and he did. And that young man turned out to be you. That's right. Cooper Silk in his City Ford tracksuit. They don't make them like they used to, mate. What a post. What a photo. Geez, you were fair head. As you led the roosters onto the cricket ground, you must have had a great memory. Between Parramatta and that, what a week. Yeah, yeah, Bush. I better give a shout out to uh, David Fitzgerald who uh, sent me that photo. Obviously, there was a there's a Roosters Classic game on on Fox earlier this week, and uh, it was the 1987 final where we got beat by the Raiders. But yeah, there's little Tubsy, little me leading out Gilly McGarn. I can see Tony Melrose, Laurie Spooner in the photo. And uh, I tell you what, Bush, when you're a ten year old kid. And you're leading, uh, you know, the roosters out onto a fifty, sixty thousand at the SCG. What a great job! Well, let me just touch on that for a second, Silky. I mean, you know, you real, I realised when I saw that photo what a unique experience it was, and and the side that was in in the in, in that game it was amazing. Like the names down there, Huey McGarner's captain. I mean, as roosters, we spoke to Artie Zineros about his favourite memories last year. It was Henson Park. It was the big flag, stink in the stands, mate. As a young roosters ball boy, we forget that you let us out in '87. I mean, you must have just beaten your chest. I mean, how did that feel to run onto the ground? You were the first one out. Yeah. How did it feel? Mate, look, I just remember that year fondly because we almost made it. Unfortunately, the next few years, and I was a ball boy for about six of them, they were all pretty lean times. But that 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 year in particular, 1987, Arthur Beetson was coach, of course. I have some fond memories of just being in the dressing room, listening to Beetson, coaching the team. Jack Gibson would walk in post-match with Nick Politis. Jack would have the big fur coat on, have the bunger hanging out the mouth and walk around to the players. Yeah, you know, like I said, as a, as a kid, as a young boy, to be able to sit with your, with your heroes, it was pretty special. And what a lot of our fans don't know, mate, is you uh, went on to representative honours with uh, City and uh, New South Wales. So as a ball boy, mate, you achieved everything you possibly could. Didn't quite get there for Australia, but there's a few players out there that uh, have worn the blue of New South Wales, like yourself. And, uh, mate, you should be proud. Well, one thing we should tell our, our Roosters fans that joining me in the ball boy ranks uh, during that time was none other than Craig Fields. And the great Stevie Seabrook, mate, uh, synonymous name with uh, Roosters history and, and great club. Now, yeah, Silky, let's change gears to uh, to another highlight. Our boys running out uh, Saturday night. You had the pleasure of being there. We're going to touch on what it felt like to be amongst 567 people, but 
you cannot deny the performance. Teddy put his body on the line like an Anzac. Jake led from the front. Kiri and Corden are magic, as you said in the intro. We threw everything at them. They come at us. Parramatta come to play. They proved that, uh, you know, they're a side, uh, you know, of worthiness. And I tell you what, it was an exciting game. It was what you expect from Rugby League. How did you see it? Well, I've got to say I was lucky enough to attend with my wife and two daughters, and I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. Look, one of the names you missed there is Morris times two. They were absolutely unbelievable oh, there on, yeah. on Saturday night. And I want to give another mention to, and we keep mentioning him every week, Daniel Tupu. He's been safe as houses each and every week since the return to the to the comp. Our back five have been exceptional since we've come back to football and I think the the fruits of their labour, those hard carries, you know, early in the sets, and then we get our big boys rolling through the middle, and then we get the six agains, and we're scoring points off the back of it. But the game itself, I have to say, one thing that really was noticeable was just the the emptiness of the uh, of the stadium. So there'd be certain times during the game where it was just deathly quiet, and you know, you could just hear the referee talking, or you could hear the contact of the players. We had this crazy Parramatta fan, and, and for any of the um, people who were the, at the match, you, you could have heard this bloke. He was loud, mate, like, and he screamed for, I reckon, 79 minutes. So he was just having a good time um, and supporting his team, but he was relentless in his support and bagging of the chooks. But it, I have to say it was an experience is probably the best way to describe it. My wife, when we drove home, had an interesting comment. She said that she thought you could concentrate more on the game, so you're actually watching the game more intently yep. because you hadn't, yep. you, you didn't have the distractions. And I have to say I, I agree with that because you, you really – you really were engaged in what was going on. So as a spectacle, I guess, is what you'd call it. It was something I was glad to be a part of, put it that way, Bush. So could you give us your views when Teddy ran across to take on Sivo and put his whole body on the line? It was such a brave effort from Teddy, you know, and nine times out of ten he probably would have taken him out, but such a big body. Did you feel that impact? Did you see that? Was well, that, that was, something to, to behold? That was actually in front of us. So we were kind of right near where that um, play took place. And you could actually see him brace himself for the contact. Just so happened that Sivo was just too big, too strong. I don't think he knocked himself out. Like So he took the contact, braced himself for the hit to probably try and support the ball carry. And I think it was when he hit his head, he knocked himself out. But, um, yeah, you know. He there was, on the ground. Yeah. So, uh, mate, it was brave of him to uh, to do that. And, look, uh, hopefully he'll be ready and raring to go when we take on the Dragons this week. I tell you what caught my eye, uh, and you're right. Daniel Tupu went down with that cork. It, it appeared in that first half, and I, I watched Coach Robertson in the press conference afterwards. Tupu's performance typifies the mentality that is to be a rooster. He did not want to leave the field. At one stage, they were about to hold the number up, and then all of a sudden, and, and they said it. You know, I watched it on commentary on the TV, of course, from our uh, coastal studios up at Shoal Bay, and I've got to tell you. You know, to see Tupu put his hand up and say, no, just let me run it out, and then hear the commentators say that, then watch him play the whole game. That talks about the type of mentality that our roosters have. It's a siege mentality. It's a never give up. And it was a great game. It was a great effort. That also showed when we were down 10-8, when a bit of Kiri magic turns inside to his favourite man to put across the line coordinate. I mean, wow, what a night. Yeah, and, you know, if you want to talk about some uh, brave efforts, Joey Manu also got hurt when he went for that high kick. Uh, mm. you know, in the in the first half as well. I think he was a bit ginger around the ribs. And our captain, who we're going to be talking to uh, on tonight's show, Jake Friend, he got a, a burner, I think, or a stinger in the first half. He was a bit lame with his tackling shoulder. Uh, you know, he just kind of shook it off and, pl- and played the 90 minutes. He had blood running from his nose. But, you know, we just come to expect that from that little champion each and every week, don't we? 
Well, Silky, I'm really looking forward to hearing from Friendy. What a huge milestone at 250 games. He's, uh, you know, led us to two premierships. He was part of the 13 side, three premierships all up, hopefully one more to go. Uh, he's done everything in the game. And I'll tell you what, when he puts his boots uh, up above his head and puts them up on the mantelpiece, he's left nothing on this dirt. He owes us nothing. And uh, it's nice to hear this week that our very own chairman wants to make him a rooster for life. And so he should, because uh, what an accolade it would be and what a great finish to a great career uh, when Jake finally does hang the boots. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Bush. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, the man himself, Jakey Friend. You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be back right after this. Well, Roosters fans, he celebrated a milestone there at Bankwest Stadium on Saturday night. It was his 250th game, in fact, over 10,000 tackles for his beloved Roosters. And we've got him on the line, the one and only Jake Friend, our captain, Friendy. Welcome to Roosters Radio for the first time in 2020. Thanks for having me, boys. Friendy, I'll kick off, mate. Firstly, congratulations to yourself for such an amazing milestone. And, uh, mate, you know, as a fan favourite out there with what you do, the way you lead, you know, you're known not to use too many words. It's all actions with you. How do you feel? How do you feel at 250 games? No, I think for myself, probably don't really go into the milestone games and all that as much. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to have mum and dad down and probably means more to them coming down and watching than to myself at the moment. I'm sure, uh, you know, in uh, 10 or so years when I'm sitting with you fellas having a beer in Bondi, I, I might uh, reminisce, but at the moment, you know, it, it was good to sort of notch it up and, and better to get a win, but yeah, that's about it for me. Um, it's on to, on to this week now. And Friendy, you had the opportunity to bring your mum and dad down in this current environment with the bubble and everything else. That must have been really, really special for you. What did they say? How did they feel? Yeah, mate, yeah, you know, it was awesome to get them down here. You know, I had them and uh, a couple other mates. So, you know, I've got to thank the club for, you know, making that happen. And there's plenty of sponsors and, you know, plenty of corporates that are and members that are, you know, trying to get to the games. And, um, you know, the Roosters were kind enough to give me a couple of tickets to uh, get my family there. Friendy Silky, mate, I suppose on behalf of all Roosters fans, congratulations. Look, there's been a bit of talk in the paper today. Uh, Uncle Nick's been quoted as saying that you're going to be a Rooster for life. Uh, have you had any conversations with the great man over the past few days? No, not yet, but it's good to know. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously I'm, uh, I'm off contract and the end of the year and, you know, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to finish my career here and do what I can for the Roosters and, yeah, obviously, good man to have in your corner when you're uh, going into a contract, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Friendy, on that note, if we are having that beer in Bondi, maybe there might be an opportunity to have a Jake Friend bar. I mean, you've been here a lot longer than Cooper. He only did two years and two premierships to become a life member. Mate, you've done 250 games. You've had a year out with Toddy Carney. I mean, you've done everything. <laughs> Yeah, mate, I've uh, yeah, definitely ticked a few boxes and probably ticked a few that I shouldn't have. But, no, nah, you know, it's I love the club and I've grown up here. I said it to the boys pre-game, you know, I've spent 17 years, you know, with my family and, and I've spent, you know, nearly all, almost the same with my family at the Roosters. So they've played a big part of my life and... Yeah, you know, it's it's something that I, I hold really dearly and the people in, in the Roosters, their opinions, are, you know, along with my family are, are the ones that matter the most to me. So, yeah, I'm really proud to, you know, notch 250, but, you know, I feel like I've got plenty more in me. 
Friendy, we uh, we told our Roosters fans that we're going to be talking to you on tonight's show, and we've had it. We've been inundated with uh, with questions, but I suppose a lot of them are based around you know not only your, your toughness, but they go back to when you first arrived at the club and you, a few indiscretions, and you, you hit you at the crossroads. Many people have probably heard the the rumours and the stories about kind of the, the misbehaving going and working in a cafe. But in your own words, mate, in a, in a shortened version, can you just just share what you were doing and, and the mistakes you made and the lessons you learned? Yeah, you know, I was um, obviously came down and then, uh, you know, a lovely family, Linda Baptist, took me in and tortured her and her family for, um, you know, a couple of years there. <laughs> but um, I'm still friends with them and, and, you know, my family are still good friends with their family. So uh, I mustn't have been too bad. But, yeah, I got in a bit of strife, probably one or two too many beers on a few nights out. And, you know, it, it was... I saw it. It was inevitable. You know, the, the rooster sort of said, we have to sack you. It's just too much now. And uh, I went over Christmas, came, I had the opportunity to come back down, but it wouldn't be to play. It would be to, to work and, and prove that I wanted to play. And, you know, for me, uh, it was never really an option to have a look elsewhere. It was just, I'll come down. I, you know, I did the crime, so I'll do the time. And, yeah, probably those four months were probably the... the the hardest I'd worked in, you know, in my life, I'd say. I was in the cafe, well, I trained and I'd go to the cafe. I wasn't getting looked after there. I was cutting veggies, peeling veggies, doing dishes. I didn't I didn't learn to make a coffee in that cafe, but, you know, I was doing all the, the real nice jobs out the back, but, and then training in the afternoon. So, yeah, it was a tough time, but, um, you know, I, I was disappointed in myself and I knew that I had something to give he was and, and I wanted to prove that to myself and, and family and, and I suppose the roosters looked after me. Mate, it says a lot about you as a person and, and the character you are and, and the way you lead our team around. What did you learn about yourself in those four months that you've probably shared with, with your teammates for the last best part of a decade? Probably double digit beers aren't great for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, uh, I learned a lot. Um, I was lucky enough to have a, a bunch of local guys, you know, take me under their wing. Joe Thomas, uh, he had a little training crew that I went and trained with them in the mornings. I went and did some jiu-jitsu with the guys up at Bronte. Um, you know, there were some local guys that sort of really looked after me, uh, you know, as long uh, as well as the club. Uh, you know, um, I had nearly the whole team come down to the cafe one lunch and, and say good day and, you know, eat, uh, have some lunch there that I... I um, slaved away for. Yeah, and, you know, for me, it was just about obviously getting my life back on track and, and um, probably giving up the booze for a little while. But, you know, that there's plenty of time to party and, and you can party and have a good time with your mates. But the day in, day out, you know, footy, um, that's that's been the most enjoyable for my 250 games. You know, you get to go to a, a building, an office with 30, you know, legends and... Um, you muck around, you train, you, you know, you get fit and you go and do battle every weekend. And I'm lucky enough to win a couple of comps with plenty of those blokes. And, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Um, those are the memories that I'll probably take away more so than any of the, you know, the milestone, personal milestone games. Well, friend, you are um, certainly in the spotlight for another personal milestone. We all know that. When you had to sit down with your grandkids um, when you get older and you said, look, I was kept out of an origin side by a bloke called Cameron Smith, no one's going to argue with that. But 
he is now retired from um, you know you know representative football. There's a milestone waiting for you. Is that something that you you know would like to achieve? And, and you know it's so deserved, mate. You know we've been we've been hexing Cameron Smith to get injured for years as Roosters fans. You get the start you deserve, but now it's here. Is that something that would be um, you know in your wheelhouse that you'd love? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, it's always been you know on the list to do as a, a young Queensland boy. You know you watch. Origin every year up there, and you know it's something that I've always wanted to do is run out at Suncorp in the maroon jersey. But yeah, you know I'm not too fussed with it. I was lucky enough to be involved with a couple of camps at the start of the year, and you know that that was really good. And you know get to sort of mingle with the boys, um, you know chat to Kevy and, and see what it's all about. So um, you know different format this year. So hopefully I can keep fit and, and keep playing well and, and see what happens in November. Randy, as a as a young Queenslander, you know, Silky, what you're going to see this week on Roosters Radio, Silky's dream was to run out for the Roosters. None of us realised it was just as a ball boy. Um, he achieved <laughs> that. He did a great job. There's a beautiful photo of him in a, in a tracksuit that someone pulled off a screen, and it's, it's it's amazing for him, and it's a great memory. But what's one of your greatest memories as a child, like what growing up as a young Jake friend, growing up watching Origin? Who were your heroes, and what's your great memory? Dan Lockyer was one of my uh, favourites. Probably his intercept to, to win that game. Uh, I can't remember yep. what year it was, but that one and then probably uh, when Alfie come back from England and scored the try over his head, um, there too, that probably stick out to me the most. Master coaching that. Friendy, moving ahead to, to the comp that we're playing in at the moment, and uh, one of our fans is asking about how you keep hungry. Is it harder to maintain the rage in 2020 compared to, say, 18 into 19? No, I don't think so, I think. We're pretty lucky with Robbo. He, you know, he's um, he sort of sets up every year. He, you know, he, he themes it and you know, makes it different every year. There's no, you know, I suppose you could sort of. We do a lot of the same things like on the field and training wise, but you know, it's never the same in there. There's always you're always learning stuff. We're always trying to get better. You know in all different different areas and you know they toss up little bits and pieces of trying games and you know it's pretty I suppose we're all pretty lucky to you know have the coaching staff we do and and then you know that sort of oozes out in the boys we've got some pretty talented fellas and you know you got the likes of Teddy that continues to get better and better every day he could probably pull up stumps and be you know just as go down as, as a great already but you know, you watch a bloke like him come in and just want to get better every day when he's already at the top of the game. That sort of it spurs you on. And, and yeah, we definitely we definitely want to go for the three-peat. I think we've got the we've got the team and we probably had a slow start. Break was really good for us, the COVID break. I thought our boys went away and, you know, we had a, a training schedule, but you have to do it on your own. And, um, you know, there's a bit of trust there that blokes are getting it done. And I think it's shown that, Everyone in our squad went away and, and did what they had to and, and we've come back bigger and better. Friendy, it begs the question. I've asked this of Luke Keery, I've asked this of Coach Trent Robinson, now of our leader uh, and captain yourself. COVID brought about it many challenges, but what I think it's bringing to rugby league is an opportunity to really look at what we do as a game. There's always question marks over whether you play too much footy. You can answer that as, as a, you know, a professional footballer. Is there an opportunity yeah. to rest our supreme athletes that you guys are at the start of the year, is it something we can get to the end of this year and sit sit down and go, you know what, wow, 
that really go. The quality of football has been unbelievable. I think some sides are playing it out of their skin. Some sides spend some time at Dunkin' Donuts. But you know what? It, it's a great opportunity to relook really at whether we rest our players. Do you agree or, or do you disagree with that? Yeah, you know, I think I think this year it'll be interesting to see later in the season or, you know, even in the next few weeks, um, just uh, teams start to sort of use their whole roster and give blokes a, a week off. You know, there's no breaks, there's no origin, there's no buys. So, you know, uh, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, teams start sort of filtering some of the extended squad into teams uh, during the week and, and giving some stars a, a week off or blokes that have played big minutes a week off. I, I, I know with us at the Roosters, we'd be comfortable to sort of chuck the boys that we train against uh, every day in and, and uh, give some young guys a go if, if that was, you know, what Rob I was thinking. But, um, yeah, yep. there's, yeah, definitely for us, yeah, there's a there's – a, trust there that those boys are coming into a job and it'll be interesting to see if any clubs sort of follow on and, and uh, try and do that sort of thing. Mate, just talking about the squad, uh, we mentioned a Robbo last week. Like most teams run around with a, with a solid 17, but it looks like we've got a, a group of roughly 22 to 25. It seems like there's a fair bit of rotation. Has Robbo spoke about that? Or I mean, obviously there's Sammy Verrills knocking at your heels. Yep. So is that something discussed at training, a bit of a rotation? It hasn't really been discussed, but uh, we're we're pretty well aware as as a team that you need more than just seventeen. You know, the the training we do uh, is against those guys a lot of the time, and and uh, I suppose you sort of fall to your level of training, and and that's probably why you know we're able to um, sort of come up with those big plays when we need is because you know our squads put it to us during the week, and and we've we've seen all the shakes. Um, because of them. So, yeah, we're very lucky that, you know, we've got probably 30 players that could probably fill in and not look out of place at all in the NRL. Got another good fan question here, Friendy. As a man who's made over 10,000 tackles, you know, and averaging 50-odd a game, who's the hardest bloke you've ever had to tackle? Yeah, Sivo's one, definitely. (laughs) Bunavalu, actually, from Melbourne. And then... Always uh, early on in my career, Matty Bowen was one. Not a big guy, but he'd run out of and that was just scary because you didn't know what way he was going to go. And, um, you know, he's bouncing around. And bigger guys with footwork, they're tough. Mate, have you got someone in the Roosters, you know, over the years, you know, in your 250 games that you look back on and think, my God, I'd hate to play against them that you've played with? Yeah, Frank Paul was one when we when we went up against him. I was a bit worried about that when he first left. Um, was Fergie actually was, was another one. You know, when he went to Para, I know Big what he body. did for us out of the backfield and I know how hard he runs and I know how hard his head is and how hard everything else is. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was, he's probably, he'd probably be up there in, in one of those, in the tackling thing, the worst person to tackle, actually. Well, his Millen is one of the hardest I've ever come across. Friend, you're just speaking of para, that performance on Saturday night, as I said earlier, I was lucky enough to be out there. One thing that I did note that was quite different, you know, of the 579 people that were there was there are moments in the game where it's deadly quiet. Do you hear and feel that on the field where there's just moments where there's no crowd, there's just you can hear, you can hear the, like you can just hear everything and then it goes really still. I was just wondering from a player's perspective if you, if you feel that on the field. 
Yeah, you do a little bit. Probably when kicking goal, when they kick the goals, probably the the eeriest. Um, you know, it's sort of dead silent. Everyone's just sort of standing around waiting for the goal to be kicked, and and the whistle to go for the kickoff. In the actual run of the game, you're sort of so involved and uh, trying to listen to what's going on with your team that um, you probably don't notice it as much. And just on the performance. It was gutsy. It was uh, they, they threw plenty at you. As we threw at them in the first half, you must have been happy with the way you rolled them in the end. Yeah, mate. Yeah, that, that obviously going really well. You know, I thought we started well, and then probably the, the half time was the worst thing for us. Um, you know, we came out a bit slow, and then yeah, we were sort of on the back foot for you know fifteen twenty minutes there, and had to make plenty of tackles. But you know, I think. Turn momentum and, and um, you know, come up with some plays and, and uh, get the game back late in that second half, which is what what we're going to have to do against um, the better teams. Mate, we're bringing it home now. Just looking forward to this weekend's match, the Dragons. They've won a couple on the trot, but they've, uh, they haven't played any one of the Roosters' calibre. What are you expecting from them? Yeah, you know, I think it must have been a, a bit of an up-and-down year for them and tough start, so... I know they'll be, you know, wanting to continue that role. So I'm sure they'll be uh, prepped and ready and, and want to sort of come and, you know, knock us off. So we've rested up, you know, six days this this week and we had the day off today. So I know the boys, a lot of them got in, got in and got some nuts on the sun and uh, hit the ocean for, for the first time in a while. So, uh, yeah, we'll be ready to, ready to go on Friday night. Mate, just a last final fan question uh, from me, and it's just in relation to post-career. Obviously, you've got the great cafe, the High Street Cafe up there in Randwick, but you're also uh, yep. doubling in a, a bit of plumbing, so it's really Brasco's yeah, in the mate, big yeah. time. So, uh, mate, post-career, where are we going to see Friendy in a pair of stubbies and thongs, you know, in a, in a trap somewhere, or is it uh, bashing up a couple of macchiatas? <laughs> Just cream oh, stubbies, I hope, Friendy, in those fat, bricky thongs. As long as I'm not going from plumbing into the cafe, I think. Yeah, the customers will be happy. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, I'm not sure. You know, um, the cafe is sticking along, so that's been good. We've, we've been really lucky, you know. It's, there's plenty of businesses out there that are struggling at the moment, and we're just lucky that we've had the hospital across the road and been able to keep all our staff on. So, And then, yeah, the, the plumbing's starting to take off a little bit. So, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I, I've been looking into possibly starting our plumbing apprenticeship and seeing how that goes. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure where I'll be, but, yeah, see what happens. Well, Friendy, you've been a great servant to our club. You've been a great servant to Roosters Radio, mate, and, and you've done yourself and your family so proud. So we're going to leave it to you. 250 games. I know milestones don't come into account now while you're playing, but they surely will when you look back on this amazing career you've had. Have you got a message for the fans or someone to your family or to the Roosters faithful that uh, you'd like to put out? We'll put the words over to our fearless captain. Uh, on this great, great occasion, mate. We want to congratulate you for everything you've done, but final word goes to you. Well, just, uh, I'm just really proud to, you know, be able to put that jumper on 250 times and, you know, there's there's plenty more to go and, and um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of this year and, you know, having a crack at uh, creating a bit of history with a three-peat. So, see how we go. Well, if Silky and I get our way, mate, the rooftop will be converted into a tattoo parlour come cafe <laughs> where plumbers and tradies can hang out, known as the Jake Friend Bar, where you've got to have made at least 5,000 tackles to get in. <laughs> no, cheers. Well, I'll be up there for sure now. Mate, good on you. After our little trip to Barcelona. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
Friendy, on behalf of all the fans, mate, congratulations on the milestone. Best of luck this weekend, and we look forward to seeing you over the upcoming weeks as we strive towards a three-peat. You heard it here first. There he is, our captain, Jake Friend. Thanks, Friendy. Cheers, boys. Well, Roosters fans, it's been about leadership since the rugby league started back. We've had Coach Trent Robinson. We'd have our both captains, Boyd Cordner and Jakey Friend. We've had the Roosters Radio and Radio Hub sponsored Luke Keary right on our show. And now we've got our COO, Jared Johnson. The leadership continues. JJ, are you with us? Yeah, good evening, gents. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Going to hit you straight up, JJ. Very, very difficult period uh, over the last few months. But uh, now the footy's back. Gee, it's a great time to be a rooster. But how have you found this from COVID shutdown to beating Parramatta? Yeah, look, first, I think it's, I'd say it's always a good time to be a rooster. But uh, look, in relation to the the COVID and what we've gone through, it's been really challenging, uh, really challenging because, you know, you, you, it, it affects everybody. So, you know, no matter just front, but from, from partners to uh, staff to staff's family. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an impact that, that really stretches far and wide. So, you know, I was listening to the show the other week and obviously, you know, talk every day with Joe, but, you know, Joe's commentary around, this, you know, there is no uh, textbook for this type of scenario. It's not like you, you, you go to the manual and, and you roll through and it's quickly. Uh, when you thought you had, a, you had a plan or you understood what it was, it, the, the dynamics then moved again. So really the, the, the main thing we focused on telling us was our people and just making sure, you know, how, how are we going to get everyone through this from, from you know, our players to our coach to, to our staff to our, um, to our you know, um, office manager, Cal, through, through to everybody. How, how are we going to get everyone through this time? Um, you know, we don't have, we've, we've got a really a a ranging age group of, of employees from those who are married with children through to, to young staff members. So our real focus was how do we how do we get everyone through this? And whenever we do come out of it, that we come out of it together. And that was something we were really united on from Trent down into the board. We had a board meeting just as, um, you know, end of month. So when uh, when it really started to kick in by end of March. So, yeah, that, that was a, a major focus. I think people would have read about uh, in, the, in the Telegraph of late how the uh, Nick and the board supported the players with food hampers at that time because the players went, you know, also on on reduced salaries, but with the COVID restrictions. So we're really mindful that how do we how do we get through through that period of time? And, and we've even had some players who have been, you know, really kind enough to donate their food hamper to staff members who, you know, who need a bit of help throughout that time as well. So really proud about our staff group. Um, we're starting to get more of our staff back to, you know, a, a full time employment, but many many staff work you know, far and above, you know, what their what their payment allowed and, and you know, essentially every staff member was, was um, stood down. So it was, it was a challenging time, but our focus was our people and making sure we came out of it uh, at the end all together because we know that our people are easy, our strength of the roosters. So that, that was our, our real focus. Well, JJ Silky here, mate. And look, it's not like you've been sitting idle whilst uh, we've been hit under COVID. I did note mm. the other week you've picked up another sponsor, Red Rooster. A lot of synergy there. It certainly is. It's, it's been a good one because I think, uh, you know, every, uh, every time you bump into someone, they give you the old, oh, you should go get Red Rooster. You know, they'd love to sponsor. <laughs> so sometimes it's not as easy as that. But we've been chatting with Red Rooster for a good three, four months now, you know, sort of about what we could do and how it could align. We were uh, fortunately, unfortunately, didn't have uh, the visible assets they were looking for. Um, so we sort of put a hold on things throughout the, the COVID period. But coming out the other side, we were able to reshape and restructure some deals and welcome them uh, on board. So that, that's really pleasing. Now, a business who have gone what they forecasted throughout this time due to their delivery service, so which is which is really pleasing. They've had a, a re-injection of staff as well, and, um, and you know, and, uh, looking to reposition themselves 
in the um, yeah, quick service restaurant space. I know my co-host is ecstatic with the news that uh, we secured the, a partnership with Red Rooster and hopefully they'll be, uh, you know, frequenting the captain's club in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> I will be sure to, uh, to get them involved and maybe they could even, uh, you know, supply something in the studio one night for you guys. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, you never know. Jared, on that note, I mean, rugby league as a business uh, had a real, um, you know, turnabout, you know, change in leadership with, uh, you know, the inclusion of Peter Vlandes and, and so much to look at with, you know, a deal at one stage it looked like we had no TV deal the business that is rugby league you know the fans see it as 17 or 25 players on the pitch but behind the scenes the good back office that Jack Gibson talked about so lovingly behind the scenes has the landscape changed for good and uh, will it be difficult in the future it's a good question. I think, to be honest, we haven't had a lot of time to think about will it change for good. Like, you know, even through the the, the early stages when um, you know Peter and the commission set the the return date, you know, a lot of the staff were still stood down. So, you know, you were working towards this date. You were working towards it. We thought, oh, I wonder if we we're going to get there. And probably a fortnight out, you realised that you wanted to do it. You have to understand what that meant. And then since then, it's a really, you know, it's, it, it, it continues to evolve. So. Uh, our first game back against South round three, that was that was no no crowds, no no participation. So, you know, we did some things for our corporate partners around a Zoom and um, you know, really focused on like our, our member content. We made sure that we kept our um, you know, as much as of our marketing and digital team um, employed as, as as we could for content and, and keeping our fan base engaged. We didn't want our fan base to, to drop off. Um, so that was really important. And then we, we get to, to last Saturday night the, against the Eels and we're, we're permitted tickets. So it just continues to involve. So what does it look like? You'd, you know, you'd be naive to think that we return to the to the same world that we will. But, but you know, business and the world will still need to progress in some, some manner and, and you know, rugby league will play a big part in that. I think what we also saw throughout this time was how far and wide rugby league stretches. So, yeah, it's not just the 17 players that take the field or the coaches, the coachable, the back back end staff. The, you know, think about stadiums and the caterers and the cleaners and, you know, all the attendants that, that rely on that on that game for, for their employment. You know, the, the camera crews that, that put it on for, for Fox, the production guys behind the scenes. So there's a huge workforce that, that relies on that 80 minutes. So I think that's the biggest thing we learn. And I think we really collectively all galvanised together around it. So I think that was a that was a real positive out of the time. Speaking yeah. speaking of positives, mate, I was uh, lucky to take my family out to the game there on Saturday night at Bankwood Stadium. I was four of the five hundred and seventy nine there in attendance, and I have to say, mate, it was it was an experience. I was talking to my wife and kids on the drive home about some of the sensory feelings, whereby you know having no crowd, no cheering, yeah. and and we all heard that lunatic who was sitting above us screaming for the whole eighty minutes. <laughs> But it, it was still an experience in itself just to be in an arena with no people. Yep. Your thoughts yep. on, on, on the whole feeling and the setup? Probably for, for us who worked the uh, the round two game against Manly at Leichhardt, that was that was real lockdown, no fans. Uh, so that, that felt really weird, especially at, at Leichhardt. So uh, returning, so for myself and, and, and most of the staff who returned to work that night, it felt a bit better. Obviously, you know, a fantastic stadium. You're so close to the ground. There was some noise, some atmosphere. So I, I understand what you're saying, like, you know, coming from tens of thousands into into 500, that, that feels weird. It actually felt a lot better um, to us. We talked about that on the night, how, how much better it felt. But, you know, it, it, it posed a lot of challenges. So whilst you had 500 tickets, which is which is great, 500 for a whole footy club doesn't go very far at all. And, and you know, we really wanted to be mindful that it wasn't just corporates, um, you know, that were able to reward our membership base. But even at, 
at those numbers, it's you know really difficult you know to do that. So we did a ballot. Our alternate members um, got a ticket first, but the rest of the members went into a ballot. Um, our corporate partners, obviously, um, like yourselves, were great in understanding in terms of you know numbers and what we could accommodate. But but then it comes with its challenges. So it's not just 500 tickets where you're in two rooms or, or two bays or things like that because of the the social distancing measures required. You know, you're talking about a 20-person suite that can now only accommodate five people. You know, the room that that, that yourselves as player partners were in on uh, on Saturday night can normally accommodate you know two to three hundred, I think it is, and we we're, we're permitted 50 in there. So it's really challenging to try and piece together, you know, two here, three there, five there, etc., and, and and still accommodate. And we'll face those challenges when we when we return to the SCG against the Raiders as well. Well, mate, let's hop straight into it. The uh, New South Wales government has announced uh, they've given the green light for crowds to return Ooh. from July 1. Uh, we're playing our first home game on the, the 16th of July. Can you give yeah. our fans a bit of an update there, please? Yes, yeah, so that's really positive. So we've been working a lot with the with the Sydney Cricket and Sports Ground Trust about that. And, and again, uh, that point that I touched on, you know, those numbers are for the whole of stadium. Uh, so what we're going to need is, you know, we're going to need more support from our, our, our corporate partners and our members in particular because we're not going to be able to offer every member, you know, their seat in the O'Reilly stand or or wherever particularly they're, they're situated normally because we're going to have to space out to to take over the whole whole venue to get that whole of 10,000 number in. So it'll pose some challenges, but, you know, our focus internally is to make sure that our, our members, our ticketed members, have access to that game and we can start to get them back, you know, they've been super supportive. So to be able to get our members back, I mean, to get some noise into the SGG when we, when we, you know, it's a grand final replay. It's going to be an amazing game like we saw on Saturday night with the Eels. But, you know, to play the Raiders, the grand final replay, it's almost like the perfect welcome back, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Jared, our club often gets uh, maligned when it comes to crowd and membership. And, uh, you know, we've got some really loyal fan base out there at the Roosters, you know, we're up against the the, the, the mitre South Sydney when it comes to membership. Mm. Brisbane Broncos there, they're very strong with their membership. What can our members <clears> do? Because we've got every single title you could possibly ask. We've got what every club wants. And what we yeah. need is to get our members behind it. I'd love to see our membership drive get to those heady heights and we can finally say to the South Sydney fans and the Broncos and the rest of it that bag us about our crowds and membership, well, we've beaten you at that too. How can we make that happen? What can we do? Yeah, well, I mean, membership is, is the heartbeat of the, of the club because, you know, as we've seen over this time, uh, no player wants to run out and play in front of nobody. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's really crucial. But first and foremost, our members have been amazing. I mean, for all the, you know, the, the, the nonsense that sort of gets thrown around in pubs and Twitter about, you know, the, the numbers of the Roosters. Our, our guys come out in force time and time again. And what a lot of the clubs don't have that, that we encounter is that we've got a, a really strong and 100-year-long um, stadium membership in the, in the Sydney Cricket Sports Ground. So so that that's a big factor when someone already has access to the game. Yeah. So we work really hard with those guys about a non-ticketing piece there so that they can still support the club financially uh, around that, knowing that they have access. So you know, when you when you factor in those numbers and what's what's t- turning out and attending, our, our crowd attendance, you know, still still sits in the top half of of the NRL, and our membership has continued to grow. So this year we were, you know, we were on track for eighteen and a half thousand, which was really really good. We were really pleased with that number because you know once I think you break through the twenty, it starts to grow a bit quicker than what it does from you know fifteen to sixteen, sixteen to seventeen. So we're certainly on the right track in terms of you know people thinking about becoming a member, it is it is the lifeblood of the club. And really, there is no better time to do it. You know, not only is the club, um, the team, playing fantastically and giving you a great product to watch, but, you know, we're now on the journey of only being a couple of years away at the new stadium. 
So when we move back into that new stadium, we'll be we'll be relocating our members first into into the best available seat. So that's another great reason to um, to do that. And for those members who've already you know been with us long standing, they'll be the ones that we we um, allocate back in first. So you know late late twenty two means you know we've only sort of um, you know got probably two full seasons before we're back in it. So that's a that's a huge um, exciting piece. Our members would have received some. Updates say about the stadium redevelopment and a note from um, a message from from Joe. So yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of lots and lots of positives, and I think any of our Roosters members and fans who've attended the last Super Bowl final certainly know we we hold a sense of crowd. That's for sure. No, mate, we're in a great position, as I said on last week, too. Roosters coach Trevor Robinson, it's a great time to be a rooster. We want to thank you for your time, mate, proving that behind all the brawn, we've got plenty of brains, and then we've got that amazing board. So uh, well done. Congratulations on your leadership and uh, how you led, I suppose, the back office, along with Joe Kelly, through these difficult times. And uh, I know that the players also followed some of your diet techniques uh, that you've been using with great success over the period and then uh, then trained it off. <laughs> that might just be the lack of corporate lunches, Bush. So uh, hopefully, with the return of football, we'll see uh, we'll see them pick back up. Everyone likes a bit of comfort, JJ. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I appreciate the support, guys. You, you know, you, you certainly make up that uh, that context we talk about about really supportive partners and, and supportive members, and, and they're the ones who helped us got through. Because if the, the wheels have fallen off in those two categories, we're we're in a world of hurt. Because we are one business across, you know, leagues, clubs, and a football club. Uh, you know, we were five five licensed clubs that were completely shut down with no revenue, no games. So, you know, if we don't have the support of our partners and our members, we're 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 in real dire straits. So, big thanks to all our partners and, and our members. And, and we've got you know now really exciting last ten rounds. And I think from what everyone's seen thus far, we're, we've got a football team that everyone should be excited about. Yeah, and as they say on Roosters Radio, JJ, if you've been listening. East to win. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, mate. Good on you, JJ. Well See you, mate. That's a beautiful finish. Thank you, mate. Thank you. There you go. Bye. Well, welcome back to Roosters Radio fans. And Silky, this week we take the St. George Dragons on. Not not fitting of an Anzac Day game. Uh, Dragons look a little bit under strength since they've returned from the COVID break. They've also lost James Graham, who's gone to England. And uh, we might say on behalf of Roosters Radio, good riddance, you, Pommy, because you've caused us a few headaches over the years. Yeah, uh, look, they're going to struggle. There's no two ways about it. They've uh, they've come off the back of two wins and they've probably been up trying to protect Mary's job. But uh, I think they're up against a formidable team this week in the Mighty Roosters. And uh, I think they're going to have their hands full. Bush, I reckon we're going to put a score on them. So I'm going to say we're going to hit the 40s again, 42 to 2. Well, Silky, I'm going to predict it's going to be 32-16. Dragons will have a big, strong defence against the Roosters and drop off late in the game. Don't forget last week I had us at 24-12 and Parramatta missed the kick. Headed here, first on Roosters Radio. Some love for the punters. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. Of course, we'd like to thank and congratulate the one and only Jake Friend and also our COO, Jared Johnson. That's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. Easy to win. Here come the roosters, the best we've ever seen. The 
red, white, the roosters, the Eastern Star.